0: Ezra, Herodias, and Silas enter the center of Duranbar through one of the six main roads that gather at the hexagonal town center. The town center served as the economic hub of Duranbar, and as such the two-story buildings outlining its edges were littered with shops and plastered with various advertisements. Above the second story of the shops, a series of crosswalks stretch out and connect at the six points, supported by the large archways at each intersection. Rising out of the roofs of the crosswalks are three alcoves on each of the six walls. In each alcove, peering down over Durinbar, nestle statues of weeping women. Standing erect in the middle of Durinbar is a large bell tower, which slowly ticks away the seconds. At the chime of each minute, the fountains in the four gardens outlining the bell tower would gush with life. The four clergymen enter through the main road reaching through Durenbar and walk past the gallows, the pyre, and the stains of blood left from the bishop's previous victims. They move around the base of the bell tower, and as the next minute strikes and the waters spring forth, Alistair strains his voice to be heard over the turbulent water. Remember,
1: the points could be anywhere, on the smallest cobblestone or stitched into a curtain. The size of the symbols, just as the witch's circle itself, can be of any size. The symbols themselves will mirror what she has carved onto the chests of her victims, a hexagon with two nine-pointed stars, one laid within the other.
0: Alistair hands each member a scrap of paper, where the markings carved on the chests of Antoinette's victims is scrawled. The clergyman spread out through the town center. Ezra walks around the walls of the hexagon, slowly his gaze shifts over every brick as he paces. Herodias crouches before the doors of the shops, deftly picking the lock before disappearing inside and re emerging moments later to enter the next. Alistair takes to the gardens, overturning the large decorative boulders and the lush grass, tipping bird houses, and tosses aside the stone pathways snaking through the foliage. Silas climbs one of the stairways and ventures to the third story walkway. He walks down the hooded corridors, his eyes fixated on the ceilings and the supports of the domed roofs. An hour passes as the clergymen thoroughly search through Durinbar's center. They splash through the fountains. They scour the cordon, every stone making up the ground, every plant uprooted, every shop thoroughly analyzed, and still, the sigil evades them. As Alistair sinks his hands into the soil before the fountains, he mutters frantically, We
1: weren't wrong, were we?
0: No, no, I wasn't wrong. It has to be here somewhere. Silas looks down from the crosswalk to Alistair. His brow furrows in worry as he watches the man turn over piles of dirt in his fervent searching. As he lowers his gaze to look down at him, Silas starts and quickly looks directly across him, his gaze resting on the statues. Quickly, Silas shuffles down the stairs, over to the bell tower and ascends to its peak. He leans out over the banister and turns in a long circle before calling out, Alistair, come on up here. I think I found it. Alistair tumbles over himself as he charges headlong towards the bell tower. Herodias joins him as the two dash up the stairs, one behind the other. Ezra remains at the bottom of the tower, keeping the search alive and venturing down one of the six archways leading in and out of the center. See that there? Silas motions to the 18 statues of the Weeping Women, outlining the walls of the town center. The statues? Look closely at the women there. Each one has got something scratched into it. You see? Alistair leans over the side of the railing as he analyzes the distant faces in the night. Through the veil of darkness shrouding the stone, he was able to see their horrid complexions. Faces wrought with agony, cry permanently petrified in the rock. Hands clutch at osseous cheeks as cries of pain silently echo from their lips. There, etched faintly across the faces of the women tortured forever, were the two nine-pointed stars, one laid within the other. How do we go about stopping it? Well, it should be quite simple.
1: All we have to do is disrupt the circle, or in this case, topple one of those statues,
0: and the witch's circle will be broken. Right, Herodias, come with me. Let's see if we can get one loose. The two move to leave from the bell tower, but they stop prematurely at the top of the stairs, as Ezra's voice calmly drifts up to them. Please,
2: you don't have to do this.
0: Those in the tower test the resolve of the railing as all three bodies crash against it as they peer down below. They find Ezra there beneath the moonlight, slowly backing towards them. And in front of him, Antoinette walks through the center of the town, stripped completely naked and carved over her womb, the two nine-pointed stars. Blood still pours from the fresh wound as Antoinette holds a knife to her own throat.
3: I don't know if I have to, but someone has to.
1: Herodias, she's going to kill herself. The final sacrifice to complete her spell. You can't let her die until we break the circle or Agrat
0: bat will be released. Herodias' smith and wesson is pulled from its holster as she takes a deep breath and takes aim down at Antoinette.
3: Has to what? Punish them. Who? All of them. Every last one of them must pay the price for what they did to us. My husband did. Anton Pfizer did. Stefan Rayner did. Miklos Ebner did. Maya Fink did. Bernard Haas did. Fido Wessinger did. And Victor Eder did. And once I am done, Jakob Bielek will. Henry Bohm will. Bishop Martin certainly will. And every man of this town will pay.
0: As Antoinette takes a step back, she whips her blade into the air. From the glint of the steel, Ezra sees the reflection of Herodias, perched in the bell tower, her gun trained on the woman.
1: Ava, don't! Don't listen to him! She has to die! There is no other way!
0: Herodias lowers her revolver. Alistair sneers as he pulls out the Rastengasser pistol given to him by Ezra out of his coat pocket and fires down at Antoinette. Ezra pushes Antoinette out of the way and grunts as he sinks to his knees. In pain, the Shepherd grips his shoulder tight as blood oozes between his fingers. Antoinette scoots backward, away from Ezra, as she looks up at Alistair.
4: When the hell did
1: you get a gun?
0: Herodias disarms Alistair and flicks open the chamber, scattering the bullets across the floor of the clock tower.
1: You idiots! Why the hell aren't you
2: killing her? There's still
0: time to save her. Antoinette sneers at Ezra, then runs her hands across her bleeding womb. With her fingers dripping in her own blood, she points her hand at the clock tower.
3: Her blood will boil, her muscles toil. Her bones won't work and her limbs will jerk. These words worm their way inside her head today, and as they do, you'll know her mind is not her own.
0: Herodias screams and falls to her knees as her arms start to shake. Silas drops down next to her and shakes her gently.
4: Ava! Ava, you are on! Silas, get back!
0: Her hand whips forward, and the barrel of the gun is pressed against Silas's stomach. As she pulls the trigger, Silas knocks the gun aside, and the bullet grazes his hip instead. He lunges forward. Herodias knocks his hand aside and closes the gap, placing the gun against his chest. With his other hand, Silas grabs the chamber of the gun, and his fingers deftly flick it open before he kicks the gun from her hand. As it sails through the air, the shells glide from the chamber and mix with Alistair's bullets across the floor. Alistair! You need to destroy the circle! I'll keep her out of your way!" Her fist slams into the bridge of his nose, and Silas crashes against the rail of the clock tower. She throws another punch which he ducks beneath, but as he tries to retaliate she catches his arm and throws him to the ground. Alistair runs down the stairs as Silas rolls to his feet and tackles Herodias. He runs in the center of the town as Antoinette and Ezra wrestle over the knife. Antoinette sinks her teeth into Ezra's neck, and when she pulls back her mouth is stained with his blood. Ezra reaches for his neck in pain as Antoinette turns the knife on herself. Alistair sprints towards the steps, and as he passes Antoinette, he slams his fist into her face. Antoinette falls to the ground before the blade can sink into her flesh.
1: Antoinette has dominated Herodias' mind. Silas is keeping her back, but you have to keep Antoinette alive while I dismantle the circle.
0: Alistair stumbles towards the stairs as Antoinette rubs her wound and gets to her feet. Ezra darts forward, separating the distance between the two, and scoops the knife into his hand. Antoinette snarls at Ezra as Alistair reaches the second story.
2: It's not too late. Look at me, Antoinette. Please, look at me. It's not too late. For what? For repentance. Please, pray with me now. You don't have to die this way.
3: Pray? To your God? Never!
2: Please! It's your soul at stake, Antoinette. (laughs)
3: I hate Yahweh.
2: Stop. You don't mean that. God, she doesn't mean that.
3: Of course I do. What kind of God? What kind of people look at that man and say he is holy and he is pious?
0: Herodias connects her elbow against Silas's jaw and knocks him to the ground. Her boot stomps down on his chest and he grunts as her weight cracks his ribs. As he screams, Silas reaches out and grabs her ankle, yanking her onto the ground next to him. With one hand hugging his midriff, he slowly pulls himself up along the rail. Herodias leaps to her feet and pulls out a left-handed bronze dagger from her hip and slashes at Silas. He raises his arms defensively and the blade shreds his forearm. Silas slams his other arm against her stomach, knocking her back. She recovers quickly and thrusts the blade forward again. When it finds Silas's shoulder, he grabs her wrist, keeping the blade firmly in his arm. Then he kicks her back, disarming the clergyman. Silas winces and pulls the blade from his shoulder, then throws it from the clock tower. Herodias darts forward and pushes Silas against the railing. He strains as she tries to push him over the clock tower. When Silas doesn't topple from the tower, she repeatedly smacks her fist against his injured ribs. He cries out, and as he struggles against Herodias he catches sight of Alistair, struggling to get onto the roof of the third story. Down below in the center of town, Antoinette tackles Ezra and scratches and bites at his flesh, trying to get the dagger back. He twists her arm and knocks her to the ground. Through her frustration, she pounds the cobblestone as Ezra offers her a hand. She smacks the hand aside as she gets to her feet, where she mutters through haggard breaths
3: Do you know what he said when I told him that Janos forced himself on me after my failed pregnancy? He laughed at me. He laughed and he told me that God would never allow a child to grow in my womb, so long as I disrespected my husband as I had. He said it was Janos' right as my husband to do the things that he did. Is it the right of a husband to throw his wife on the ground, to rip the clothes off her body as she cried and begged and screamed for him to stop and for anyone to help her? They could have helped me. The windows were open that day. My cries rang throughout Durinbar. My screams echoed through the hills, and my pleas poured into heaven. But God and the pious congregation ignored me, for they knew what had to be done. But they were wrong.
0: Every one of them was
3: wrong. One person heard me. My mistress She listened to my cries and pleas. She taught me the words and motions I needed, and she brought me moths every night to spin new cocoons. She told me what had to be done, and I did it without a second thought.
2: You've been corrupted, Antoinette. This demon has wormed its way into your heart. Don't let her condemn you to perdition.
0: Alistair watches from the roof as Antoinette tackles Ezra. She tries to throw him against the floor, but Ezra stands strong. Her fists beat against his chest like a child as she cries. Alistair moves along the roof of the third story, over to the first alcove. He pauses outside the alcove and looks back to the clock tower, where Silas hangs from the railing, dangling above the ground. Herodias leaves him there as he tries to force himself through the pain to get back on the clock tower. As he struggles, Herodias drops to a knee and begins to load the smith and wesson again. Alistair slips inside the alcove and rests his weight against the statue, which begins to hesitantly teeter back and forth.
3: You're right, father. Please forgive me. I've sinned before the eyes of the Lord and before the church. Can't you see my contrite heart that I offer to you? Can you find it in your heart to forgive me? Please, Shepherd Ezra, please pray over me as I beg the Holy Father for forgiveness.
0: Ezra smiles and places a hand on her shoulder. As he closes his eyes, Antoinette reaches out and disarms the knife from his hand. Before he can take the blade back, Antoinette sinks the blade into her chest. No! Antoinette pulls the blade from her body and crimson blood pours from the wound. She plunges the blade down again, but before it can connect, Ezra snakes the knife from her hand and hurls it into the town center. He drops to his knees and cradles her body in his arms, his hands collapsing over her wound. Why?
3: I'd gladly... Take perdition over Durenbaugh.
2: This life is fleeting. Everything you have suffered in this life will come to pass. God will throw this life into the sea of forgetfulness, and all will cease to remember its existence. But perdition, Antoinette, perdition is eternal.
0: Alistair strains to move the stone, but even as it begins to rock, the progress it makes towards the lip is extraordinarily slow. He plants his back against the wall instead and pushes both his feet against the statue. He groans and the statue begins to grate as it inches forward towards the edge of the alcove. Herodias, meanwhile, points two guns down at Silas. In one hand was the smith and wesson she favored. In the other was Robert's rasting gasser she disarmed from Alistair and reloaded. Before she can pull the trigger, Silas releases his grasp of the rail. The bullets cry out into the night as Silas drops and the shots fire over him. As he falls, Silas kicks his legs back and crashes into a window two stories below.
3: Time is relative, Shepard. We only know what days are after we lived through one. We can only measure minutes and hours after that time has ceased. You can't comprehend eternity, Shepard. But we can. Katerina Reyna can. Paula Ebner can. Carol Fink can. Deborah Haas can. Verona Wessinger can. Katya Ida can. Nadine Bieler can. Maria Bohm can. And so can I. Because we've lived through eternity. It's when your husband wraps his arms around your throat and slams you against the wall. Eternity is when every fleeting breath you could pull past his fingers is used to plea and beg for help. Eternity is watching your neighbors. Then so-called friends, through the slits of the blinds, look away as you fight to get him out of you. Those are the moments of eternity.
0: As if emphasizing her words, the statue falls from the roof and shatters against the stones. Alistair peers out from the alcove as Herodias jumps down the stairs and several gunshots cry out. Alistair throws himself from the alcove, and his fingers catch the lip of the third story. He swings onto the crosswalk and sprints towards the stairs.
3: I hate them all. Every one of them. I hate you, too. With that look in your eyes, telling me I have to repent. If there were any breath left in my lungs, I would spit in your face. And beg my mistress to curse you and everyone you love.
2: You don't hate them, Antoinette.
3: Yes, I do!
2: Antoinette, look at me. Look at my eyes. I love you. Can't you see that? Can't you see? I forgive you for all you've done. And it's because I forgive you that you don't have to die here, Antoinette. There is a man who travels with me, who can heal your wounds with just a breath.
3: If you save me, you'll only regret it. I am sure you have a thousand in your life, clergymen. Don't let me be one of them. I choose to die here. And unlike every other man in my life, honor my wish.
2: Then let me pray over you.
3: I do not want your prayers.
2: Very well, then. Let me pray that the men here will change. The women may be healed that God will come back to Duranbar, for I assure you Bishop Martin has made a mockery of his name, and he will pay the price. Please, Antoinette, won't you hold my hand and listen to me when I say that that my heart cries out for you and for every
0: woman of this town, and
2: that I am truly contrite that this has happened in
0: the name of my Lord. The doors to the clock tower fly off their hinges as Silas crashes onto the ground. Silas struggles to get to his feet as Herodias grabs him by the throat, both of her guns missing from her hands, and she raises him off the ground. Silas grabs her wrists and kicks out at her, but he lacks the strength to break her hold. Ezra looks up at her, but before he can intervene, Alistair tackles Herodias around the waist and knocks her to the ground before he can do anything else. Herodias slips from his grasp, grabs Alistair by the head and bashes him against the ground. Silas quickly wraps an arm around her neck and pulls her back in a tight hold as Alistair cries out, clutching the side of his bleeding head.
3: You're too late for that.
0: There's nothing I can do.
3: Kill Martin.
2: I'm
0: afraid I can't do that.
3: Then I'll see you soon clergyman.
0: herodias pulls back her elbow into silas's bruised side and he cries out in pain and releases her deftly she ducks around him she brings her leg high into the air and slams her heel onto the top of silas's head he collapses unmoving onto the ground alistair throws a punch at her but herodias grabs him by the elbow and pulls him tight against her body Her leg lashes out and trips Alistair as she hits him hard in the chest. As Alistair scoots backward, he finds his back pressed against the clock tower. Herodias pulls out a second hidden pistol, an FN Browning, and jams the barrel into Alistair's mouth. His eyes go wide as he stares into Herodias' vacant face. But the resounding gunshot never comes. Instead, Herodias simply shakes her head and stumbles backward.
4: What the hell? Alistair, did I- Did I- Oh, fuck. Are you alright?
0: Ezra holds Antoinette tight against his chest, crying as the last of the color drains from her face. As his robes stain with her blood, Herodias checks on Silas and Alistair. Finding both men to be in a suitable state, she holsters the FN Browning and joins Ezra next to Antoinette. She places a hand on Ezra's shoulder and bows her head. After a long pause, she makes the motion of the cross over her body, and whispers.
4: May the Lord Jesus Christ protect you and lead you to eternal life.
0: EPILOG The night the clergyman spent in Durinbar finally had silence. Yet even these few hours did not last. After the clergymen returned to the church, they separated and slept for several hours, until they were all awakened by a gunshot booming throughout the night. Silas swept through the nearby area, but no victim nor culprit could be found. The next morning, they left early for the outskirts of Durenbar and gathered around the carriage to load their belongings. Alistair is not among them as Jakob Bielik and Henry Bohm, restored to their male forms, shake hands with the clergymen. They thank the men wordlessly, then depart over the hills. In their absence, Elijah takes up his practice of impatiently pacing as he calls out,
4: Where's Alistair?
0: I'm not sure. He wasn't in his room this morning when we left. <sighs>
4: First Herodias, then Alistair. Great. We're gonna miss the train to Frystock again.
0: Next train weren't for a few weeks. Besides, maybe we ain't supposed to go to Frystock. What do you mean? Well, last time we tried going there, God had Herodias vanish. And we ended up here right as Antoinette was about to kill Jakob Bielik and let out a grot Bat Malat. Reckon God might be doing the same with Alistair now.
4: I still say we're going to miss the train. Remember that, Ezra.
0: (laughs)
2: How
1: could I forget, Elijah?
4: Take it easy, Eli. I can see him coming over the hills.
0: Go on now, Eli. Plant your seat up here with the rest of us. Elijah climbs up onto the carriage as Alistair strolls over the crest. As he enters their view, Herodias tilts her nose towards the sky and takes a deep whiff. At once her brow furrows, and she cocks her head back to Silas.
4: You smell that?
0: Silas snuffs out his cigar and takes a sniff. He lets out a long sigh and nods. Gunpowder. Reckon that's where the shot came from last night? She checks for both of her guns. Both of them are still fixed firmly in their holsters. She pulls out the clip of the browning and spins through the chamber of the Smith & Wesson. No bullets are missing. She folds her coat over and looks back to Silas.
4: He doesn't have a gun. Both of mine are secured
0: in full. Could we have gotten one in Durrumbar?
4: Not sure, but if he did, then who would be the target?
0: Alistair approaches the carriage, and at his presence, Herodias and Silas fall silent. We have everything then?
1: Let's be off. No reason to wait around here.
4: As soon as you get your ass in the carriage, we'll be off.
0: Very well. Alistair climbs into the carriage, and the driver cracks the whip. The horses take off, and the clergymen begin to gallop through the Austrian countryside once more, back towards Klagenfurt. During their ride, Elijah sleeps, his head resting on Silas's lap, who also fell victim to his weariness. Ezra sits next to the driver, and using a German to Hungarian dictionary, tries to hold a conversation with the driver. Herodias watches Alistair closely, who peers over the top of the Odyssey, skeptically keeping an eye on Herodias. Eventually, he snaps the book shut and calls out,
1: You remember what Antoinette said? Not entirely. Whatever that bitch did fucked with my mind. To summarize, she said the reason she hated your church and turned to Agrad Batmalat for aid was your organization's ability to take men such as Martin and proclaim them as holy. What about it? Well, the reason I am opposed to worshipping your god is the same as Antionette's. Herodias doesn't answer, her cold gaze scanning across him. What I mean is that I want nothing to do with a church or a religion that has declared that that man is pious or fit to lead a church.
4: Well, Ezra sent a telegram to Bassani. He's on his way there now, and within a week's time, Martin will be excommunicated.
0: That's not good enough, Herodias.
4: What are we supposed to do about it?
0: Alistair is silent, looking out over the countryside.
4: You want to know what I think?
0: I doubt it matters.
4: I think you're right. That man is detestable. And by all rights, he never should have been given a chance or the power to hurt all those people. But at the end of the day, Alistair, he is not the man I worship. I worship the Holy Spirit. I worship Jesus Christ. I worship Yahweh, my God. I don't worship Edmund Martin. Well, at any rate, we should get some sleep. We don't get a whole lot of rest these days.
0: Herodias turns over and feigns sleep for an hour. During that time, Alistair closes his eyes and enters into a deep slumber. Once his snores shake the wagon, Herodias gently opens his coat. Beneath the overcoat, the Raston Gasser revolver is tucked inside his trousers. Without pulling the gun from its makeshift holster, she pops the chamber open and glances inside. With her back to Alistair, she slowly pulls his gun from his holster and flips open the cartridge. Aside from the bullets she had fired at Silas, there is one additional bullet missing. She flips the chamber shut and falls back into her seat. She doesn't sleep during the carriage ride, or the several train rides. Instead, she keeps an eye on the murderer sitting across from her, her hand never leaving the hilt of her smith and wesson. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the Clergyman
1: Immortal Woman, a leeched talent production, written and directed by N.E. Gonzorn. Produced and audio engineered by James Quesada. Music compositions and sound design by Maddie Gosshorn. Narrated by Seth Weeks and with voice acting by the following talented cast members. Hannah Reinhard as Herodias. Zan Kramer as Silas. Maddie Gosshorn as Elijah. Jeff Williams as Ezra. Vinay Nariani as Alistair. Ilana Hark as Antoinette. Subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode, and leave us a rating and a review to help other people discover the show. Check us out on social media and on the web by following the links in the show description. Thanks again for listening, and keep the faith.